And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. As you can know, once again, it is time once again for the Mass Steel Podcast. Of course, yours truly, Charles Project Richie here, host of On Deck. And you guys can follow me again on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Project Richie for the Mass Steel Podcast on Twitter. It is at Mass Steel CGR. And at Mass Steel Nation on Instagram. Um, some exciting uh, news over the past couple of days right now. Uh, some recent re-signings. And unfortunately, uh, one guy who was inevitable that he was going to be moving on. Uh, James Carr, we'll get to in just a second here. But I got to tell you right now, uh, the last couple of days, I mean, you had today Vince Williams re-signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well as Josh Dobbs. And uh, Dale Lally was one of the first people on record to go on, uh, give people a heads up, let the free agency play its course. Don't forget, it was a month ago, I believe it was, on St. Patrick's Day when he got released. And where the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the pro football talk at the time uh, when they did release uh, Vince Williams when he uh, came back. They saved about $4 million in cap space. After playing eight seasons, he'll be going into his ninth season uh, this year, assuming he's able to make the cut uh, for training camp, which I don't think should be an issue. But, I mean, uh, right now the details we're still waiting to get some information on that signing. But I got to tell you right now, this offseason so far, still about $10.4 million in cap space. And I got as I see this offseason continue to go along in free agency period, I got to give this a grade for the Steelers so far until we see what happens in the draft. Close to a B minus. I mean, listen, you only had like a 20 free agent signings this year, of course. I mean, we already knew this was going to be like a cut, cut a lot of losses for this year. I mean, with the cap dropping the way it did. I mean, you look at all their transactions they've made so far. And uh, just really just like uh, been spectacular so far, if you ask me. I mean, significantly, when you truly look at it, I, I you already knew more more likely the guys that were already knew that were going to be sticking around was a guy like uh, Bud Dupree. I mean, he was going to be gone. Then, uh, of course, I think he had another one, too. I want to say, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was Matt Filer. He was another one who went with the uh, Chargers. But still, I mean, look at what they uh, did so far right now and what they're uh, trying to accomplish here. And I, I got to tell you right now, I'm, I'm very well impressed so far, to say the least. I mean, for, for this team, I mean, Matt Filer, don't forget, I mean, he signed uh, with the Chargers a uh, three-year deal. And then you had uh, Bud Debris going over to the Tennessee Titans right now. So we'll see uh, what happens here the rest of the way as we uh, look at it right now. Just want to say uh, hi right now to uh, Pamela right now. 
Man, uh, thank you very much. Uh, welcome to the show. Hope uh, you and your family, <laughs> excuse me, just continue to do safe right now. Fingers crossed so far, so good right now uh, for the pandemic. Uh, not testing positive, but I just want to just make sure uh, everyone is staying safe and in a good, good spirit so far. As with the Steelers right now, as we look at everything, I mean, listen, this is why we see, we get reminded once again of how valuable Kevin Colbert is to this team. If he decides to stick around uh, after next year, remember, he signed for the 2022 NFL Draft. Him sticking around and not ending up with the Lions, remember that report that came within the first week after the Steelers were eliminated in the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns, you see how much it pays off. I mean, they have him and Omar Khan working together. I know they had to sign like a lot of future uh, contracts so far for the most part, but at the same time, too, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, right now, you got B.J. Finney, who's come back to the Steelers right now from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's returned. I mean, Tyson Alalu, <coughs> don't forget the story on him, too. Remember, he tested positive, I think, when he was going back to Jacksonville Jaguars. And he had a change of heart at the last moment, decided to re-sign with the Steelers uh, at the last moment. And I was so happy to see him come back. I mean, Tyson Alalu, he signs a two, he signed a two-year extension, a two-year contract, excuse me, with the Pittsburgh Steelers on April 1st. Contract being worth up to $5.5 million with $1.925 million guaranteed via, via signing bonus. I mean, he just saw a couple losses so far what's been able to happen. And how huge would, would this have been possible without guys like Center, Marquise Pouncey, who I think is be uh, truly missed. Uh, we'll, we'll find out how uh, true that plays out once season comes up. They're going to feel it was hurt somewhere along the line. But then, Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald, I think the writing on the wall, he was, I mean, when you have a guy like Eric Ebron on that team right there, and you see, I mean, like how he, well, he was able to play last year. Yeah, he was like one of the top two guys in drops on the team. But still, I got to believe right now he's stored enough, did enough to earn a second chance to really make this offense continue to go on the way it did. I think the only loss I'm going to be like a lot more concerned with outside Bud Dupree is going to be the nickel cornerback, Mike Hilton. He goes to the division rival Bengals right there. Then you also had Sean Davis going over to the Indianapolis Colts, as well as Ola Denny too. He joins Bud Dupree in the Tennessee Titans. And uh, that's pretty much all I got right here. But when you look on the flip side, like I said, I mean, heavy guys like Ben Rosberger uh, resign for a one-year deal. Possibly could still stick around for another few more years, uh, voidable years at the end of his contract. But then Juju Smith-Schuster, one year up to $8 million. This is not bad. Not bad at all. And you couldn't be, uh, I mean, you have to be pleased right now if you're looking at this team. And we'll see how much it turns into like a Super Bowl contender uh, by end when we look at it. And uh, that's where I'm going to be uh, holding my breath, I guess you could say. But for right now, listen, they're doing enough to stay cap compliant. 
I mean, making all the right moves, making all the right strides. But at the end of the day, this is what is as a business right now. I think this team will be able to like uh, weather the storm here and still be able to compete for a playoff team. Not so sure how much about Super Bowl, but I mean, you're proving once again how important it is not to be mortgaging a future. And we'll see if they're able to be thinking about trading up in this year's draft. Uh, yeah, feel free to guys let me know your comments by uh, tweeting at me at MassSteelCGR or you can just check me out on Instagram at MassSteelNations. We got a lot more stuff to get into uh, right now as we uh, continue to take a look at this uh, even more further here on the MassSteel uh, podcast. And let's like let's pay attention to those other moves like uh, we're uh, mentioning too. I mean, like some other stuff here. Uh, besides all that, I mean, you, you look at also too. Right now, I mean, like uh, in today's news, I mean, like I said, I think Vince Williams he's going to be a huge asset uh, for this team to return. I mean, this guy I, I think just does enough at the end of the day too. I mean, Vince Williams, when you look at his career. And what he's done in eight seasons. I mean, for the most part. I mean, you, you look at like his highlights right here and too, like his uh, tackles. I mean, he's been uh, average uh, seventh throughout his eight years. Then also, too, I mean, like his tackles for loss, he's ranked eighth. So at 45 uh, quarterback hits. I mean, and I thought it was a pretty good third down, third down stopper, in my opinion. And I mean, I mean, I just, I just think uh, Tyson Alalu and Vince Williams, those are huge returns. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, this has already been tested waters, but you gotta do it if you can to ride the ship. You got Curly. Uh, Fernandez, on, I mean, uh, Sanders on here. How you doing, my man? Uh, let me know what you think <laughs> of the offseason so far. Have you been impressed? Do you, do you really feel like right now the Steelers, I mean, where would you grade this offseason so far with not only the losses they had to cut, but also the moves they're making? I'd like to hear from you on this uh, for right now. And also, too, uh, Joshua Dobbs. I uh, have him sign a one-year deal. I would imagine it's got to be a futures contract. But, I mean, how significant is this? I mean, what's that say to a guy like Dwayne Haskins? Remember, he's not on the official roster. But you still got Mason Rudolph along in that mix. So I would assume here, you go with the same quarterback death he did a year ago. As, as far as having Dodge behind Rudolph, behind Ben. I would imagine you keep that the same here. And, uh, yeah, I just saw uh, Haskins right now. I know he was the low-risk, low-risk high reward, but it, it just, uh, I, I, I think it was okay signing. Like I said, you're not really hurting yourself in the long run. But I definitely do believe he's going to just try and learn right here. And uh, I got Curly uh, saying that uh, still just he's still uh, angry at Mike Hilton leaving, and <clears throat> excuse me, and those players are loyal, just straight up Steelers. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. But I mean, at the same time, too, whenever you got a guy, I mean, like a free agency, listen, when you have it your way, you're trying to find the right money. I mean, and what Hilton's done for all these years, he needs to be rewarded at some point. He's definitely a guy who's paid his dues here while with the organization. Done everything that was asked. And I really got to believe right now he is going to be on a mission. Maybe to make the Steelers pay. Who knows? Hopefully it's not in a key game, but at the same time, too, that is a risk uh, when we see this year. Now, as far as for uh, James Conner, too, uh, who was released uh, yesterday, uh, he signs a uh, uh, for uh, this season right now, uh, James Conner, as we look at, according to Adam Schefter, his deal is uh, one year, $1.75 million, comprised of a $500,000 signing bonus, and $1.25 million out of that $1.75 is fully guaranteed. So he'll, he'll be going over there, just goes to show you how much his value is. But I mean, the Arizona Cardinals right there. I mean, interesting uh, change of scenery here. And you look at uh, James Conner's uh, numbers right here throughout his production. The, the only uh, thing right here is staying healthy physically from a physical standpoint. I mean, you mean to tell me he was available for a career-high 14 games as a backup, but as a starter, his highest was 13 games each in 2018 and 2020. Yeah, most he has career high starts in his first year without Le'Veon Bell back in 2018. But I, I'll be honest, we have never seen the same Connor ever since he had that concussion versus the Panthers. It has never been the same guy, and I think a lot of people kind of got robbed of that. And see where it starts to uh, catch up in the long run. Connor, I thought he was a great uh, tail. A great, a great story for like what he's had to battle through in his personal life, uh, sickness, uh, health-wise. And listen, it, it, we're always going to be uh, – he's always going to be noble for what he's did from that standpoint. But the bottom line, this was not going to be something that was going to be a long-term uh, fit with this organization, trying to be dependable. Like they always continue to say – your best ability is your availability, end quote. And uh, that is so true, I mean, to this day right now. And uh, James Conner, I mean, listen, I'm going to just give him a little salute, but I want to ask you guys real quickly, did you think James Conner play with this uh, Steelers team? What game stands out to you the most uh, that, like, uh, rings when you think of a guy like James Conner? Is there any game in particular – where he was just lighting it up, and he thought, like, uh, that was his uh, best game. I got, like, uh, one game at the top of my mind, and I'll have to start it off, too. Back in 2018, I'll probably say my most uh, memorable game of James Conner was uh, probably against, I'd say, like, the LA Falcons. That was at a point right there where the Steelers already had uh, one win, two losses, and a tie, one, two, and one. And they pretty much just beat down the Falcons 
41 to 17. He had 110 yards off of 21 carries, uh, 5.24 yards uh, per attempt. And plus, he also had 75 yards of receiving for 185 yards of scrimmage. So, total two touchdowns right there. Think of any game that stands out the most, it'll be that game. I mean, that was right there where the Steelers were rolling. They eventually uh, went on a six-game winning streak to set themselves up to 7-2-1. And, and like I said, you look after that season right there when he had the concussion against the the Carolina Panthers. I mean, pretty much. I mean, at, after the Chargers game was where he started missing a string of key, of key games there, a three-game stretch where he was not present against the Oakland Raiders where he did not start. And the Patriots, surprisingly, when they beat them in, the, in their color rush uniforms back on December 16th. And then against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. I mean, most famous who you remember for the Juju Smith-Schuster drop ball, and more importantly, Antonio Brown's last game. But James Conner, I, I think right there, that was 18. And I, I hate to say it, but it just I almost start to wonder, and I really start to believe he's he's been more like a one-hit wonder. I, I mean, try and look at, like, a, try and, like, a, put it in perspective how he was going to do past a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Not to keep throwing that name over and over again, but Le'Veon Bell, for the most part, despite when his uh, time came up to get a new contract, a guaranteed contract, which he was looking for, uh, listen... There's been no one that's come remotely uh, close to what this guy has done. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, for the most part, too, when you also look at it, I mean, in his, let's see, his sixth uh, season so far, or seven seasons, excuse me, I mean, he's had 1,556 attempts for 6,453 yards with 40 touchdowns, Averaging 4.1 yards per carry. Are you, yeah, 4.1 yards per carry, while James Conner has 4.3. I mean, pretty close. But as far as, like, uh, yards a game, about 73.3 for Bell, 46.0 for Conner. And then you look at the total uh, numbers and scrimmage, 3,265 yards for James Conner, and 9,712 yards for Le'Veon Bell. And the uh, average right there is uh, very similar with five yards. With uh, James Conner having 26 touchdowns so far and Le'Veon Bell 48. Now, Grant, he has been not hardly anywhere close to the same back where he was. I mean, you look at his year with the New York JTS Jets. He only had 3.2 Yards uh, on average, averaging 52.6 yards per game. And he finished that year with 1,250 yards. And you start to like uh, put this in perspective right there. Bell was the guy where he was not only running, but catching the ball. And let's be honest. There's just been no one close to what he's done. Now, I'm not going to pull it out on him where 
He was a guy where he was dependable to like take them to the promised land, finish championship. He never finished that game against the uh, New England Patriots right there where he had an injured groin where he left with an AFC championship game. But still, when he went down, pretty much the Steelers' chances went out the window in that. And, I mean, you look at his uh, postseason production, I mean, in those uh, games, he was only available for four games so far. And his highest total was against the Kansas City Chiefs, where he amassed for 170 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but he had two touchdowns the previous game uh, versus Dolphins with 167 yards, uh, catching for 171 yards. I mean, having, having, having uh, 171 yards of scrimmage versus Dolphins. And then 166 versus Chiefs. Now, and like I said, in that game versus the Patriots, he had six attempts for 20 yards, averaging a little over three yards, 3.3 three yards, no touchdowns on either uh, rushing or reception. And that was it. And then he did have uh, one more game. I mean, his last with the Steelers uniform, 16 attempts for 67 yards, nine receptions for 88 yards. And you, you look at that, and he had 155 yards of scrimmage with two touchdowns right there. That was it. I mean, what happened later on that summer? Could not come to terms with a long-term contract extension. I mean, with guaranteed contract. Failed to get that. And I, picking up a free agent running back right here, I, I will say this. Uh, yeah, they've been sticking it up in the draft, but you need someone fresh. And I know one of the guys that's been flowing around out there, too, is Adrian Pearson, who's uh, looking at teams. And I heard the Steelers has kind of been named as well as sources. I mean, I, I'd be open to that. But for right now, you, I think they need to go after Najee Harris. I'm going to still maintain that. Need to get him in the first round. Bottom line, period. And when you look at uh, right now, too, I mean, besides that, right now, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers who are set up once again. I mean, later on, we're, I mean, they're going to be with the 24th overall pick in the first round, uh, 55th uh, pick in the second round. And then they're going to be uh, at a seventh in the third round, two fourth round picks, one of them being a compensatory pick, 124 will be the compensatory. Sixth round pick at 216th and two seventh round picks at 245th and 254th. But let's get some other news uh, within the AFC North, too. Uh, another uh, signing by the Browns, too, by the way, uh, as we looked at, as it was re-reported re re by Browns beat writer Mary Kay Cavett. Uh, the Browns, uh, they have signed a one-year deal with edge rusher Jadavion Clowley for $8 million with incentives that can increase it to $10 million per source. He's coming off a surgery repaired torn meniscus that cost him the second half of last season with the Titans. 
Uh, Clowney, he didn't have the free agent mark. He hoped to this offseason, but as Brown's new defensive uh, Malik Jackson observed, he might get something better here, a chance to win his first Super Bowl. At 6'5", 255 pounds, he started eight of the first nine games with the Titans before being placed on injury reserve uh, with seven games remaining. He failed the Nassau sack that year, but he was still disruptive with six quarterback hits. He was off his time for the ninth in the NFL with 22 hurries for 10 weeks of the season. Stamus Dupree, Joey Bosa, and TJ Watt, and two fewer than Miles Garrett. So, Browns right now, you buy into the fact, fair foul right now against that one, Super Bowl contender. I'm going to have to hold off right now. Not just yet. I do believe the Browns are continuing to going in the right direction. They are making some traction, to say the least. They got all the money they want to like really uh, attract some guys. And it helps when you have a guy like Miles Garrett on the defense that makes a nasty defense, in my opinion. And Baker Mayfield is continuing to show up big. I mean, really getting aggressive and making things work at that quarterback position. As long as you still got a guy like Kareem Hunt, too, who could also be a deadly force in the running game, why not? So I'm going to hold off on saying Super Bowl contender, but definitely believe there will still be some players in the playoffs. I just don't see how it translates to the Super Bowl just yet, only because of the fact that from a historical standpoint, listen, they have fell apart in big games. Now, they have a few questionable calls, calls in that game, like, say, for the Chiefs right there, where a helmet to helmet should have been called right there, and instead fumbled the ball through the end zone, out of bounds, resulting in the touchback for the Chiefs. I mean, listen, you just got to be uh, careful here and uh, just remind yourself at the end of the day, historically, a team who has never been to the Super Bowl Never gotten past the AFC Championship game here as we look at it. I, I'm just I'm just not sold just yet. Mental makeup still means a lot to me. So let's take a look at some tight end prospects going into this year's uh, draft right now in this uh, segment of the podcast here. Will Steelers be able to acquire tight end with any of their fourth-round picks at 120th or their 140th compensatory pick overall? Here's a couple of names to pay attention to that I uh, took a look at. I got like three names for you. Uh, Howie Long, who was a fourth prospect at six foot five, according to Walter Football, uh, Boston College. Uh, according to Walter Football, he has good size and does an excellent job of winning contested catches. He uses his build to wall off defenders with skill, body control, and awareness to put himself in between the ball and coverage. Long has soft, reliable hands and good concentration to secure the catch while defenders are initiating contact. Long is a good red zone contributor as a result, functioning well on underneath routes, going down the seam and along the sideline. Long is a weapon to make catches over defenders when nothing else is open. He has issues separating from coverage as not sun on, I mean, sun or explosive with his route running that has room for improvement and where he can develop into a good blocker in time. Now, I mean, you look at that right there. I mean, the size is definitely one thing that stands out with this guy right here. And you, you look at Harlong's, uh, and basically his like uh, his stats while in college. I mean, when you look at it, 
uh, Hunter Long. So let's uh, pull that up right now. And uh, Hunter Long uh, right now. He has had a, a total of 89 catches for 1,297 yards, averaging uh, over 14 and a half uh, yards per average, nine touchdowns right there uh, on here. So that's uh, some pretty good uh, numbers, just to give you a little uh, whiff of how long right there. And this guy is projected to go between the third and fourth round. Another guy you got right here is Trey McKinney, uh, Florida State and Georgia. Uh, Trey uh, McKinney right here, he comes in into this draft. Uh, same size as Howard Long. Uh, finishes a career in uh, four seasons with 56 receptions for 628 yards. Three touchdowns uh, total. Now the, the mark on this guy, McKinney right here, he showed some ability to contribute as a blocker as well as blocking could stand to improve the NFL, according to team sources. He impressed him mobile with his good week of practice at the Senior Bowl. He is a solid receiving tight end who could be a valuable contributor and a mismatch problem for defense. That's one guy to consider right there, too. Because uh, they still need a guy, I mean, outside of, like, Eric Ebron, Zach Gentry, too. Also, Quentin Morris, out of Bowling Green State, was decent in limited action for Bowling Green, but he showed enough to snag an invitation for the se Senior Bowl Dangerous receiving weapon in college and has quality size, quickness, and athleticism, but could stand to improve as a blocker. And that's all we got on the tight end uh, markets right there. I think all the three names, I'm going to have to probably go with Tar Law right here. I like the size right here. I like the yard yardage production. And this is just someone you need to have as well, too. I mean, we talk about running backs, but tight ends. But your, but your bottom dollar, they, they need to get this uh, corrected at some point. Let's go again to uh, our second and final topic of fair or foul. I know I touched on this a few nights ago, uh, reporting that Julian Elman, he announced his retirement after failing a knee uh, physical a couple days ago. What the Patriots were forced him to get released. He's uh, retired, calling a landmark career. Fair or foul that he is a Hall of Famer if Hyde's Ward isn't in. I'm going to have to say fair. I mean, bottom line, I mean, when you look at it too, listen, he doesn't have anywhere near like the postseason, I mean, the regular season numbers <coughs> that a guy like Heinz Ward has. I mean, you got one guy as far as like a Heinz Ward, basically, I mean, who finished his career, his leading reception uh, yards leader in the Pittsburgh Steelers, 12,083 yards, I mean, with 85 uh, touchdowns, basically. We're going to bring this up in just a second here. And versus Julian Element, too, I mean, I mean, you look at his uh, contributions and what he's been able to do, I mean, his big plays in the playoffs right there, I mean, he's got a very uh, sick resume. And Numbers very uh, close to like Jerry Rice as as a result. I mean, like second in those categories to him. But you I mean you look at like uh, Julian Elliman, six thousand eight hundred twenty-two yards. Heinz Ward, twelve thousand eighty-three yards. I mean, the comparison in the regular season. Obviously, Heinz Ward knocks it out of the park with eighty-five touchdowns, thirty-six for Julian Elliman. 
But in playoff totals, here's where it gets a little interesting. Julian Elman technically has about 261 more yards than Heinz Ward, with one more game played than Heinz Ward. Julian Elman's played in 19 games. Heinz Ward, 18. 1,442 yards in the postseason, 1,181 yards for Heinz Ward. And then you also look at another number two that pops up right there. Playoffs per game. Joel Elman has 75.9, about 76 yards. And then uh, Heinz Ward, about close to 66 yards. So I could definitely look at that either way. I mean, listen, a, a lot of times, I mean, when you go to the Hall of Fame voting, a lot of times voters don't pay attention to what you did in the playoffs. But, I mean, as Skip Bayless would say, this is where I sat with him at. I mean, he's always saying, too, despite what you do in the regular season, show me in games where it matters, where the money's on the table and needs to be pushed to the center. Julian Elliman has showed up. Granted, he's not a pro bowler, but he is a three-time Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP, don't forget, from their last Super Bowl in Super Bowl 53. So I, I think it's fair to say. If he gets in, Heinz Ward has to get in. I mean, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the bottom line right here. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition here of the Best Field Podcast. just want to say thank you to those of you who joined me here. Once again, you guys can check me out on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at CGR for Twitter, and at Nation on Instagram. Always leave it. Don't be crawling. Be rolling. Do real serious. Here we go. I go. Bye.